0: The views expressed on this episode of Eric CDM World do not necessarily reflect those of Anthony Bergameska, a.k.a. Intel.
1: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021, and this is episode three of Eric's EDM World, presented by Hitting the Marks Podcast Network at hittingthemarks.com and by justcbdstore.com. Head over to justcbdstore.com for all of your edible and vaping needs. And as a bonus, enter HTM at checkout to receive a 20% discount on your entire order. On today's show, I talk with my good buddy Anthony Bergamesca, a.k.a. Intel, that's E-N-T-E-L, and he's coming off the heels of his debut and Beats release with his remix of Gabriel and Dresden's Luna, with a three-song EP on Grum, that's Graham Shepard's newly launched Deep State Recordings. And we'll delve into how all that happened as well as his views on recording contracts, And when he's going to start practicing to DJ again because he's been locked in the studio for like 12 hours a day for the past year, I think. It's always good to talk with Intel, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. All right. So, the big news of the day shouldn't have come as a surprise to anyone, really, as Thomas Bangalter and Guy Manuel of Daft Punk decided to call it quits after 28 years. Um, (laughs) You can really say 24 years, because Daft Punk hadn't really done shit since 2017, and that was co-producing a song for some Australian electro-pop band called Parcells, I think, back in 2017. Um, they did hook up with this year's Super Bowl performer, The Weeknd, in 2016, for uh, two songs, I Feel It Coming and Starboy, both of which did really well. Uh, Starboy uh, hit number two on the U.S. dance charts, uh, where I Feel It Coming uh, reached number 12. Um, and throughout the world, looks like It did really well but the two songs that Daft Punk will always be known for uh, was the 1997 single off of their debut album Homework, uh, the single Around the World Um, and probably their largest hit was off their uh, sophomore record entitled Discovery uh, with the song One More Time. Now what was it about daft punk that everyone went crazy about well you have to remember that back in the late 90s and early 2000s that was when the edm explosion was really taking place that's when it really started to come to america and americans had never seen anything like daft punk before as in terms of their helmets um as in terms of we not knowing who they were um just the overall mystique of this french duo was just something that Americans had never seen before and you couldn't go to a club i don't give a shit where it was without hearing around the world or one more time it played at least two or three times that night um What's kind of ironic is that Around the World and One More Time both peaked um, here in the U.S. on uh, the Billboard Top 100 chart at number 61, but both reached number one on the U.S. dance club chart. So you can say that Daft Punk was sort of that generation's marshmallow. Once again, with the whole mystique of not knowing who these people were what they were doing Um, they did have a huge influence though on the way that the producers who were making music at that time started to create their own sounds they were highly instrumental in doing that to do the fact that they brought a sound to us that we really never heard before and it really paved the way in latter years for how we listen to the music. Other than that, I really wasn't that huge of a fan of them. Um, I just wasn't. Uh, it, it. They didn't do much for me. When they released um, I think it was Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger from their third record. I liked that song. Derezd was a good song. But other than that, I just really wasn't that huge of a fan. Um, I did find it really funny today, though, that (laughs) scrolling through Facebook especially, where 90% of my contacts are involved in some way in the EDM scene, probably every single person on my timeline shared some type of an article as in terms of this announcement. Um, It's really funny how... Something like this will just bring out the closet fans or the attention seekers strictly for likes. Um, I would garner to bet that 90% of the people who were sharing articles, you know, oh my God, they're going to be missed, and oh, it was just such a tragedy, and uh, blah, 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 couldn't name another song other than Around the World or One More Time. Uh, it, it, it's it's just laughable to me. But anyway, uh, that and sort of coupled with uh, the fact that I've been really struggling with a sore throat ever since last night. And uh, I'm really struggling just to get through this segment. So as in terms of that duo, they will be missed. But um, once again, this really shouldn't have been a huge shock to anyone. And furthermore, uh, I find it rather, uh, like as in terms of the timing of this, I find it rather odd that they would make the announcement right now. I mean, think about this. There's really nothing huge going on in the EDM scene right now. Um, No one of any significance has died. Uh, no one's being accused of sexual misconduct, um, so now's a good time to drop this bomb to uh, maybe maybe take advantage of those last-minute streaming <laughs> and album sales, huh? So I think that's one way of looking at it, um, but I I certainly hope that that Daft Punk, as much as I hate. To actually say this, I hope that they actually are breaking up Since they haven't done anything in four years anyway And they're not going to turn into another fucking Swedish House Mafia And I hope that that Daft Punk does not follow suit So, rest in peace, Daft Punk You'll be missed Your music truly will live on forever And I'll be right back with my good buddy Anthony Bergameska, aka Intel Right after this All right, as you may or may not know, I record from Cincinnati, Ohio, and my next guest is right up the road, about two and a half hours, in Columbus, Ohio. And he's a up and coming progressive house dance music producer. And I gave him about a year before he's gonna be a household name. He and I try to chat at least once a month or so over video chat or emails, and it's always a pleasure to once again talk to Anthony Bergamesca, aka intel and anthony how the hell are you man
1: good man how are you doing
0: i'm i'm doing good thanks a lot for for agreeing to do this on such a short notice my my other guest kind of fell through but so what you been doing today man
1: not much man a pretty standard monday for me uh you know i i think i uh, i'm up anytime between seven and nine o'clock and dude i wake up and go straight to my studio for the most part and then come home uh Try to do something active, whether that's just, you know, like quick yoga or like, yeah, we've got an exercise bike here. And then dude, it's right back to producing after that, after I eat, it's, uh, yeah my Monday through Friday pretty much revolves around just making sure Intel's moving. So yeah, that, that, that's how that goes.
0: So this is your full-time job, right?
1: Yeah. 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 That's what I do full-time. So
0: what's your girlfriend do? Uh,
1: she's, uh, in nursing school right now. And then she works at a Riverside in their NICU as a PSA. So, uh, yeah, she's been she's at the hospitals nonstop, and she uh, she used to be a bartender at a club that I DJ'd at though, and uh she works nights, so uh, she she gets it. She, she's a she's a trooper and really puts up with all my late nights and my crazy schedules, and uh, she doesn't say a damn word about it. I
0: love her. Yeah. <laughs> <it. laughs> You've been pretty isolated this whole time, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. Um, you know, at first it just started off because you know that's what they told you know that's what we were told to do. We needed to uh, isolate. You're referring to like the last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at first it just started because that's what we were told to do. And then, you know, uh, for most of my 20s, I've said all I ever needed was one year to really focus on this. And at the end of the day, like it falls on me not, uh, you know, being disciplined enough. But, uh, you know, when we were forced into isolation, I kind of made a choice where it was like, all right, writing one track a week, you know, let's start to really take this seriously. And through that, it forced a lot of self-growth where I was able to, uh, you know, take this hopefully to the next level or, you know, progress this way
0: you were a busy man last year. What was it? 17, mm-hmm. 17 songs. Yeah. Something be- like that. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking insane, dude. Dude. what's
1: funny is, uh, I don't know, man, there, there was so many I could have picked from too. I feel really, really, you know, to be honest, I feel really blessed for the amount of time I got to spend in the studio last year. Um, you know, getting to build up a lot of original content to then when we come back to shows, be able to play mainly original content was something that was a big focus point for me. So, uh, but yeah, I guess I didn't really mean to release 17 songs. It just, <laughs> just kind of happened. And, uh, you know, I had some, you know, I think a lot of it comes from my past experience with labels too. I was just so frustrated with some of the other contracts I had. Um, You know, having songs locked up for six months to a year before they would even get released. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately that was my biggest Achilles heel was just relying on other people's schedules. So uh, the point of releasing 17 songs was... Uh, not only to kind of prove to myself I could do it but you know uh, up my work volume a little bit you know I needed to up the pace a little bit just for myself creatively because uh you know relying on label schedules I, you know wasn't working for my uh for what I was trying to do so then through that dropping 17 songs allowed me just to write every week and then at the end of each month kind of pick a what were my favorites so
0: we'll get back to talking about labels here <laughs> in just a minute but you self-released didn't you
1: yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of those came out on my imprint called Intellect. Uh, you know, that's an idea I'd had for a while. And uh, like you said, during quarantine, it was the perfect time to just be able to finally do it. I had the time, uh, you know, without any playing any shows or anything, uh, my focus kind of just became like, all right, let's release music, make that your uh, your main schedule. And yeah, the, I started Intellect and uh, I just started letting them rip, man.
0: <laughs> so have you seen like, sort of like a comparison in between the streams based on a record label versus your own platform <laughs> is is there a disparity there as in terms of the number of streams that you'll get
1: uh, there was to start, but I'll be a friend starting this by saying my streaming numbers aren't anything to brag about anyway. I mean, you can go to my Spotify profile. I mean, I'm, I'm around like five to 10,000 listeners a month. So by, by just standards, that's nothing too big, but, uh, it was crazy, man. I was actually really disappointed with labels. None of them were really promoted and so you'd think that releasing on a label is going to generate a lot more streams, mm-hmm. but there's like 27,000 songs cut that come out a day. So like, you yeah. know, what makes you different than anybody else? And I quickly found that, uh, If you weren't willing to do the work yourself, uh, the labels weren't going to do it for you. And so that's why I started self-releasing because, you know, why would I sign 50% of my, you know, what I'm barely making from that already to a label that's going to make me do the work anyway? And so what ended up happening was, when I started self-releasing, they were doing, those streams started to do better, but I also kind of reverse engineered how major labels such as Anjuna Beat, Zero Three, I really just went to their pages and started seeing, okay, what are the blogs supporting them? What are the playlists outside of you know Spotify or Apple Music editorials? And uh, I just turned it into AR mode and started doing it myself. And uh, mm-hmm. those songs started performing well. Now the Anjuna Beats release by far is the most successful song I've ever had, so. Uh, sure. But uh, yeah, in terms of everything I released last year, man, my self-release actually did the best, which was kind of surprising for me. I thought it would have been the opposite. So,
0: I think though, when you're talking about a label like Injunabeats, it's, it's that's its own entity. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, that that label has its core group of followers, and and uh, no matter what gets it's released on that label. I think the fans are going to instantly like it just for the fact that it's an In-Guna Beats a, to release. But something that I want to reference that I wrote about, as in terms of you, on Transform.com was Intel has finally released a song on In-Guna Beats, but can he stay there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a it's sort of an interesting thing where that label signed more new artists last year than ever before you were fortunate enough to be one of them yeah yeah there's a a growing pressure to a lot of its producers to where it, if they want to be a part of that club i guess that you have to conform your music to a certain style mm-hmm. and to a certain sound in order to please a the label and b to the fanatic fan base, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that can grow increasingly stressful, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, for, I
0: mean, shit, even for
1: the Gabriel and Dresden remix, there's 13 different versions of that before we finally found one, and all 13 are vastly different in their own way, so, uh, <laughs> but, I, but uh, I, dude, that process was so cool, though, I mean, that, that I mean, you're right, we're talking about a, a label like yeah, Junibeast. I mean, that was the first time I ever got, like, AR back from a label, I was like, alright, I'm gonna take this seriously, because, you know, it's an outlet that speaks for itself, and everybody there has, I mean, and June, if you listen to that, you know what I mean? It was the first time where they were taking me seriously and to have an outlet like that take me seriously. I was like, all right, but I, I need to reciprocate. So,
0: mm-hmm. Let's go back and talk about some other labels in that you said that you were not happy with them. Um, mm-hmm. I understand the release schedule. Uh, most of these labels have, like you said, a, a six-month to a year backlog of when they're going to release a song from an artist that realistically, is probably, by the time it gets released, is probably two years old. Mm -hmm. So the significance of that song, based upon the trends that are happening two years from now, it's kind of a crapshoot, isn't it?
1: No, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Even like, you know, I mean, part of the reason I even tried to do 17 songs is because a label like Anjuna Beats, actually, their head label, uh, Gareth uh, Jones, their Mm -hmm. head AR, and a Reddit AMA said that to be a relevant major outlet in today's music scene, you need to be keeping up with three singles at a minimum, like release three singles a week minimum, and then that's not including your EP and album schedule too and so when i saw that that's why i was like all right dude i gotta drop a shit ton of music and prove to like these huge outlets that i can keep up with that type of thing now did i really need to do 17 probably not but <laughs> but uh but yeah man i mean it's crazy like you said like them citing all those artists and stuff i mean they they a lot of that comes i think too from you know streaming services i mean spotify demands a lot and apple music with you know the quick listener and the quick attention spans we have for you know for us artists it's already difficult enough because you know we'll be the flavor of the week and then you know a bunch of new music comes out but uh i mean shit, dude i can't imagine what it's like to be in juni beats and have to put out that type of top quality stuff you know multiple times a week you know 365 days a year I
0: want to reference something that i talked about right before our chat here in that i received a uh an email from Monster Cat silk which as you may know Monster Cat and silk are now one label um <laughs> received an email from them last night saying that they are going ahead with their six release per week schedule, which I, I think is just fucking insane. Now, you had Monster Cat and then you had Silk, where Monster Cat released other genres, whereas Silk was mainly just a progressive house. So you combine those two, and I can see. Where the six release per week schedule could be valid if they are, okay, we'll do one progressive house, one base, one trance. Yeah, I can see that, but the emails to that I get, which are basically progressive house and the progressive trance, I mean, they're flooded by mailbox, dude. Where do you get the support? Where do you get the marketing fees that that these labels are charging? Uh, mm-hmm. Because basically all it is is a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter frigging post saying, you know, hey, new single, blah, 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 blah. Here's the link. Go listen to it or go buy it. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, is that the label's fault or is it the artist's fault for signing the contract in the first place? Do you want my honest answer? Yeah.
1: I think it's the artist's fault, man. I think we rely to, you it. know, if... if, if if one thing I've learned and it's actually something that's funny because me and my buddy, I own my studio with, he actually hammered this into me a little bit. I mean, definitely some arguments with friends about this, but a uh, artist's fault, dude, we're the ones in control. They're signing our music and ultimately you have to be comfortable having the conversation. And uh, in terms of promotion and whatnot, I mean, if you're relying on someone else to do it, then, you know, what's your role in it? You know, I mean, I think it even comes back to you and I talked about, you know, the Anjuna beats thing a while ago, you know, ultimately in juna Beats, you know or monster cat silk uh you know what's the artist identity outside that label man it falls on the artist you know i mean yeah. and Thank especially you. like god forbid your label goes under what's your identity outside of that man like do you want yeah. you know are, are is your is your is your brand the label or is your brand yourself i guess well and both are feasible answers i guess it'd be how you want to play yourself but me uh I mean, I want to be self-sufficient while having, you know, obviously that major label support and that be what attracts them to me.
0: Yeah. And, but I think a lot of it too, is that when an artist is offered a contract from a label, such as Injuna Beats Mm -hmm. or Monster Silk, and I'm not just singling those two out. Mm -hmm. We're just using, using these two labels as an example to do to the fact that for a lot of artists, you included, I'm sure, mm-hmm. those are sort of a bucket list oh, item to where you can look back and say, I had a song on Injuna Beats, I had a song on Silk, I had a song on Pure Progressive, whatever. So when that contract is offered, you're not going to dispute anything on that contract to do the fact that you don't want to rock the fucking boat So you're gonna sign your life away and whatever they want from you, you're gonna do it just to not, just so you don't really piss them off. And they say, well, we're just not gonna sign you then. And then you've lost your chance and you'll never be heard from again. Mm -hmm. So it's a tale of two cities here, isn't it? You're sort of at the mercy of the label because of who they are. But at the same time, you're the individual, you're the one who's got that pen in your hand and you're going to sign that contract
1: definitely oh, so yeah.
0: it's it's a catch-22 but uh where do you draw the line anthony
1: uh i don't know man i think you know personally i think that's still kind of what i'm learning i mean i'm fortunate the last year i think i've learned the importance of self-sufficiency like even like with my deep state release i mean god love uh you know guy and grum both um mm-hmm. You know, both of them have worked with me great and coordinated, but one thing they've done throughout the whole thing is heard what I wanted to do, too, in terms of, you know, I'm going to still send press for this. They were like, okay, well, we'd prefer to handle, like, the pro, but that's how the conversation started, but, uh, man, I don't know how to answer I think you've you – know your goals before you go into the conversation. I think that kind of becomes artist-specific, but, like, for me, I draw the line, I mean – I'm not going to sign my music to somebody that's not going to take it as seriously as I am. So that's kind of where I draw the line and you can't kind of figure that out without having the conversation with whatever outlet you're signing with.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there again with Angina Beats and Silk who are just pumping out music. Mm -hmm. You're not even a flavor of the week anymore, man. Oh yeah. You're you're literally the flavor for as long as your song is. And that's Mm -hmm. it. And then after that, we move on. I can only imagine, like the people, like as in terms of Grant, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who run EDM Identity, and Matt Meadows, who runs your EDM, I can only imagine the number of promos they get in a week. I get at least a hundred a week. And I'm just a little blog called transform.com. I can imagine what those guys get. And uh, for, For Grant to take a personal interest in your song and to basically just free flow an article like that, that's a pretty big fucking deal, man.
1: Yeah, dude, uh, that one blew me away. And that's one thing, like you and I, like we met through me just finally being like, I got to meet press outlets and you and I developed a relationship and I'm very thankful for you writing about my music like that. And that's how I thought it was supposed to go. And I'm very comfortable with that, you know, like, you know, writer artist relationship. But yeah, like you said, for Grant to do that, man, I just opened up Twitter and saw that to be honest. I thought he got the promo from deep state. So when he told me that, I be mean, dude, I kind of jumped off the couch a little bit like, "Oh my god." Like, dude, thank yeah. you. <laughs> so sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. And the more press you get, and the more that your face gets out there, it's only going to help you. Mm-hmm. And repetition is what drives most people through social media when they see more and more coverage it leads the mind to actually believe whether it's good or not, because there is bad press that, Hey, his stuff has to be good. So I'm going to listen to it. Therefore you have reached that sort of benchmark level and um, sort of talking about seeing your picture, seeing your music over and over and over. You have to admit though, You've got that look. You've got that look about you that a lot of sort of popular prog house dance music producers have. You've got yeah, the glasses. I, I, you've got the beard. You've got that whole Marsh thing going on.
1: Yeah, dude, that's funny as hell you say that because to me this is just happy, dude. I've been able to grow a beard since I was like fifteen fucking years old. Like right, but, freshman year in college, they worked. told me I needed glasses. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> you're you're actually starting to see a lot of these guys yourself included look the same oh yeah to do the fact that that's what makes people comfortable that's what makes them relate to you it's like oh this is intel here's another one
1: mm-hmm.
0: and marketing wise whether it was planned or not and you and i both know that it's not it's working
1: yeah definitely and i be dude i'd be lying to you if i said you know I, as an artist, I mean, we hate talking about it like this, but we are brands at the end of the day as well. And so I'd be lying if I said there isn't an aspect. If you've got to know what's work and kind of how to like – mesh that you know am i out here like trying He's to play it to
0: so, fullest, man? Yeah,
1: like i'm out here trying to like look a certain way but i mean yeah i mean I, I, you, you definitely understand like okay like i'm a hipster prog guy like you know exactly. it just happens because that happens
0: <laughs> actually. In, motherfucker, not me <laughs> yeah
1: but dude but you know for fucking real though like it just works out because you know i happen to get lucky where that's like you know who i am as a person so like <laughs> right now it's working but you know when the style changes in two three years and you know it's not cool anymore i might be fucked but you know
0: <laughs> You just shave your head like me, you know. Yeah, dude. You know,
1: every male in my family is fucking bald, so it's not far off. You can actually see where I keep my headphones on. I've got a. It's not. It's. It's. It's, it's starting it comes, to end. It's coming,
0: Yeah. All this actually comes from your mother's side of the family, so.
1: I'm super fucked either way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah, this would be a good time to segue into yeah. the. Uh, <laughs> into your new (laughs) threesome on your friend and mine grum's deep state recording level um i was listening to all three songs uh basically in order the first song is uh entitled eyes the second song is entitled tunnels and the third is a song called patterns now i really didn't pay much attention to it. Right when you sent me the promo uh, last week or sometime, I have no idea. I've, I've been so fucking busy in terms of work. But um, mm-hmm. when I listened to these once again, right before you and I started chatting, I noticed that that they kind of go in order from light to dark. Eyes is a little bit more chippy. It's a little more should, upbeat, um, mm-hmm. happy. And then a kind of sort of it progresses down to tunnels and then finally to patterns. Was this planned? Uh
1: so actually, no, this kind of go I can tie this back into the conversation we were having earlier about labels. I left this specifically since it's the first release with Deep State. Um, I sent them a fairly large batch of demos. I guess I'll just put it that way. Um <laughs> so uh they narrowed it down to eight. And from those eight, we kind of spoke our opinions on, you know, what, you know, we were feeling for an EP, but ultimately actually for this, because I kind of have a long-term goal and play here with Deep State, I I let them dictate that a little bit. Um, Now here was my comment on it though, is that I wanted these three songs to be kind of like an intro to Intel. So it wasn't so much about the ordering, but the contents of them. So I wanted people to kind of get an understanding that like, you know, hey, th- this is the type of stuff you could uh, expect to hear from me live was more so the goal. And, uh, and so that that was my play there. And uh, yeah, man, I, I did let Deep State handle it though. And I, and I just wanted to kind of see what they could do. But like you said that in the future, then for the hopefully what I would like to say would be hopefully a next release. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's when then we could have more fun with, you know, a little bit more of ordering and whatnot. But um, yeah.
0: This is an introduction to what people can expect from Intel, but couldn't they just go back to the 17 fucking songs that you released last year? Yeah, you, <laughs> you could. But uh... the same thing. But but so it, it, is this. I guess you could kind of say, in kind of a weird type of way, maybe that those 17 songs that you pumped out last year, they do sound a little different than of what these three songs do, and. I'm not saying that those 17 songs weren't good, but what I'm saying is that these three songs are really good. In other words, you're getting better. So are you looking to maybe build a relationship with Grum to not necessarily be exclusive to that label, but are you now leaning more towards working with a label who understands you and who is willing to work with you? Or are you still going to go through the self-releasing route?
1: Um, so actually, it's funny the self-release. And it's funny too because you know we talked about labels. A lot of that self-releasing came from you know a lot of labels didn't want to sign my music last year. I I was sending out a lot of demos and you know I, I, there's five or, five or six that I was you know they were getting pretty much weekly emails from me at a certain yeah. point. So um, and you're right, some of those seventeens were close to a like, uh, close to a year a year and a half old before they came out. So it's funny even I even ended up doing it to myself. But you know mm-hmm. I just wanted those to be out. But um my goal with those 17 was I was frustrated with my past releases. I didn't think they really accurately represented what I could do or what I was capable of now. And so last year during the pandemic, I was like, okay, nobody can gig, you know, me and Tiesto, you know, what do we have in common? We both got a DJ from our kitchen. Mm -hmm. So uh, I needed to build my resume up. So I look at those 17 songs, not necessarily as my intro, but uh, you know, they were me saying to the majors or, you know, bigger labels like, Hey, I'm here to play. And whether you sign me or not, this is the shit that's going to be coming out of here. And I'm also, by the way, I'm studying, what you do and I'm finding the outlets that talk about you so people will probably hear it one way or another yeah I know that's like a run-up, but so that was my goal though so yeah uh now you're right now those songs that Grum released though those are much newer and I got lucky that uh yeah those are from the newer batch of tunes that they can those typically I'm very 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 happy that two of those came out as quickly as they did because one of them's still actually only about a month and a half old so
0: (laughs) really which one
1: uh Tunnels I, I wrote Tunnels with two days. I got a month ago. i half, probably about two now. Um, I wrote Tunnels with, uh, I think there was like four days left in 2020 when I finished that one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's a remarkable turnaround for a completed song to actually be released actually on a label. And Yeah.
1: I mean, dude, unheard of. I mean, I still, like, when I signed a labels, dude, I'm expecting like three to six ones out. So for them to have picked that one, I was like, fuck, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> This is the 11th release from the label itself. Mm -hmm. Um, For those that don't know, Scrum has started this new label and uh, wanting to kind of go to, as the label name states, a more deep and perhaps darker side of the progressive house genre. So you've developed a wonderful Relationship as in terms of him, but you've also been quite chummy with Gabriel and Dresden here lately, haven't you?
1: Uh, dude, Dave's the man. I, I, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's in reference to the Anjuna Beats track. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so talk to me a little bit about what they were talking about during their last live stream as what? in terms of how you guys met.
1: Yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> Well, first, Dave said it, not me. The Dahlia resident in Towns is a very aggressive opener and has a bad reputation. And because of that, uh, touring acts coming through were uh, not getting along with Dahlia. And the club was having some issues with the shows. So that's where I come into play, where uh, Dahlia, Dahlia reached out to me, since I'm kind of the resident progressive guy, I guess, in Columbus, Um said, hey, we want you to open up for Gabriel in Dresden because uh, – Alan bluestone had been in columbus like a couple months before and uh the the dude who opened for him played so aggressively Elon didn't want to go on but he did because he basically said he was playing because his fans were there but that the opening set was just out of this world disrespectful so uh sure. you know after a couple of reviews like that the club finally had to reach out so i was very fortunate so uh Yeah, man. So Dave reached out to me because of the reputation the club had on uh, Instagram and, you know, just, hey, you know, you're opening the set tonight. It was very cool. Actually, man, I appreciated it because, you know, as a local opening artist to have the headliner reach out and be like, hey, I, you know, I care about the music being played tonight. You know, what, what are you feeling was super, super cool because I care about how I set the night up. So to hear that he cared too. I was like, oh, fuck yeah.
0: Yeah. So
1: I told him like, you know, man, I'm gonna start at like 123. If I'm feeling crazy, I'll end at 126, you know, and he was like, (laughs) perfect. And, uh, dude, I'll never forget this. He goes, I see you make music. Uh, Where should I go to listen? And what should I listen to? And when someone like Dave Dresden asks you that I'm like, asking me to send you my soundcloud bro (laughs) (laughs) and uh man he heard my song eclipse which was a self-release and then i ended up re-releasing with edm.com's label uh artist intelligent agency Mm -hmm. i mean he heard that song was like please send me the promo i love this uh he ended up playing it that night and uh i mean dude from there we went out to get pizza and he i mean dude he treated me like an equal it was incredible i'd never had a headlining artist that i opened for even like want to talk to me from there dude he just talked to me he said that columbus reminded him a lot of like the smaller town he was from and Mm -hmm. i asked him you know he said uh sports always take precedence over the club nights and i'm like yeah dude welcome to columbus (laughs) 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 but uh then from there man he told me to keep sending him demos and uh, after a couple he asked me uh to remix his track and you know dude it was just with the most the coolest feeling in the world so
0: Yeah. yeah certainly a highlight of your career thus far though
1: Oh, dude, for sure. Like a hundred percent. Like I, I, I just, like fucking dude, it. <laughs> everything in this way, dude, here's how I'll say it, man. The stuff that I've been able to accomplish last year, like you said earlier, has been like a bucket list. It's great. So really everything that happens from this point on is just like a bonus level. Like I just love to write music and whoever wants to keep listening to hang out for, you know, wherever this story goes, I'm very yeah. thankful. So
0: <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see where this goes, mm-hmm. what you're going to be doing. I think you're about, and This is just my own personal view, but I think you're about a year out. Um, I
1: appreciate that, man. I hope so. I think (laughs) you're about a year out
0: and, uh, you just have to, to continue to work with the right people in this industry. And I hate to say it, but it really is. It's all about who, you know?
1: Yeah, man, it is. And you know, it is. It, dude you know the big thing was even you were kind of asking about my record labels earlier i mean dude i was signed to plasma pool recordings i mean they they were a huge conglomerate you know back at the time but dude they turned into not being a very good move and i think you just kind of be careful like of who you work with and stuff and kind of be careful and selective a little bit and not be embarrassed about that either you know i mean you got to shamelessly promote yourself no one else is going to do it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's very true so so uh let's talk about gigs man um yeah you went out and got the first shot right yeah yeah i did so you got the first shot of the covid19 vaccine
1: Mm -hmm.
0: do you feel like shit afterwards
1: not this one. that It's bullshit. No, I didn't feel like shit. And I also I'm not like my body's not Wi-Fi enabled. I'm pretty pissed off. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, not this one. I mean for the second one, I probably will. Uh when my girlfriend got hers from the hospital, she was down for the count for about a day. But uh yeah. so, I guess if it gets me to be able, you know, if it helps the greater cause of, you know, us getting back to where we need to be, by all means stick it on my arm.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I I'm sort of torn on all this too, you know, it's you hear all these things, and uh, I mean, I'm not going to rock the boat as in terms of you, but my general feeling is: Look, I've got about 30 years left on this planet. Whatever it takes in order for me to enjoy my last 30 years on this planet, you know, I really don't give a fuck. If I have to, if I have to take a test, if I have to get a shot in order to travel, I really don't give two fucks, man. I'm in
1: the the same boat, dude. I mean, it's at a point now where it's it's obviously an issue that's not going away. So, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to adapt whether we fucking want to or not. Like, you know,
0: (laughs) I think it was back. God, when was it that I was trying to book you for a show?
1: It was November.
0: Cause it was actually right. COVID was starting had to get long.
1: I think it has been because COVID numbers were going down and I was like, fuck yes. I'm going to get to Cincy to play this show. And then like yeah. the week before <laughs> DeWine was like, did DeWine shit and was like, nope, no fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my God. It... Yeah. Has it really been four months? Yeah.
1: I'm just yeah. realizing that too,
0: dude. Fucking it. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I, I was going to bring, uh, intel down and do a show at mad frog which is here in cincinnati for at that time a part of my progress cincinnati series um we were really promoting it gung-ho and gung-ho and then pretty much at the last minute um i'm not going to say you got pussy whipped but but you uh
1: no that's what happened i uh yeah, oh, yeah. you opted it
0: out and i was yeah 100% cool with that man. And uh but you're eager to get back out playing. I mean every fucking DJ on the planet is. And uh so let me ask you this. You've been spending a lot of time in the studio. And you've been honing and you have been trying to perfect your production skills. Have your DJ skills pretty much sucked ass lately?
1: Oh yeah. Definitely. Well, you know what? Uh, not to be cocky, but like, you know, when I DJ my own stuff, no, because, but you got to keep in mind, I write for a specific, you know, I write songs. I understand how I want them to sound and whatnot. So like that, I might find a little easy, but I kind of have the cheat sheet on that. You know, I wrote the fucking songs, but right. um, dude, yeah. The part of me, that's like a DJ. Like I tried to get on Twitch a little bit just to get back at it. It was like, okay, it's like riding a bike, but I need some fucking training wheels right now. <laughs>
0: I think. I think a lot of DJs are going to find that that their first couple of gigs are going to probably be a bit shaky. Um, I mean, let's just face it. Uh, very few people, very few people on this planet are able to produce and DJ extremely well. You're either a really good DJ and you know nothing about producing or you're an an outstanding producer, and you're a shitty-ass DJ. I mean, that's pretty much how this industry of ours works. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're doing really good at producing right now.
1: (laughs) I'll be honest. I was a pretty confident DJ before quarantine because it was the opposite. I was spending more time DJing than producing. So, yeah, Yeah. I'm definitely – we'll see, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) – what are you working on right now man
1: uh right now fuck dude all right uh you know shit i'll just say this uh i have a vocal collaboration with nathan ball an artist out of the uk and so that's that's what's on my plate right now um first fully original vocal track no contracts on it so i have a label in mind i want to get it to that's kind of asked for it already but they Mm -hmm. haven't heard this version of it um but yeah, man, that's what's on my plate. My big goal is to get this wrapped up so that I can have like an original vocal track. Cause samples are sweet. I love finding yeah. samples, but uh, definitely having something with like full verses on it is something I'm jacked about. Dude, Nathan yeah. and his team have been phenomenal, dude. Um, worked incredibly quickly and professionally. And uh, I mean, honestly, I thought it was gonna take up, I mean, I just, I guess I've never really worked with vocalist. So I didn't realize he was gonna- yeah, I was gonna say, this is
0: stuff. gonna be your first vocal track.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, dude his turnaround time and uh, it was incredible and i, I couldn't be more thankful because i was like all right well i'll probably have to wait about a month or two to get this back into within like a week he was like here you go <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh there's a there's a preview you can find of it there's a little teaser on my instagram story and then on my instagram you can find uh on my highlights i have studio sections on the highlights and if somebody really wants to go digging for it you can find uh yeah. every single song i've written ever on my instagram story yeah. <laughs> in
0: yes yes they are you know yeah. it's, it's like my uh it's like my transform is Insta- instagram it, every article <laughs> you can you click on the articles <laughs> and each article is going to be about 0.2 seconds you know because the timeline is just so yeah it's just so limited on there but uh um is this a something that you think that you would want to continue to do is to expand your horizons I guess in terms of vocal tracks I mean a lot of producers won't do them um
1: I want to do them but I want to do them tastefully I guess I'm not trying to make cookie cutter vocal tracks I'm very very picky and I'm not shy about you know at the end of the day, you know, I've, you've got to work with who you're working with. Yeah. I mean, I'm super picky and I'm kind of a pain in the ass to work with. I've been told. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's something I'd like to keep doing for sure though. Um, I mean, God, dude, if this works out, I'd love to get Nathan on one or two more tracks, but I, I know I can't take up too much of his time. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you, but you know, that's, that's something I've been told though, is, you know, it's kind of, if I want to progress, in my career, I've been advised that I need to get some vocal tracks, which I agree with anyway. It's something I've really wanted to do. So it's, it's if I've got the motivation to really do it now, then I'm going to try. So, yeah,
0: well, I'm, I am just, uh, just on a personal level, man, I couldn't be more happy for you. You know, I've, I've, uh, I value our friendship. We've never met yet, actually, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but we'll have to get you down here to Cincinnati to, to fucking play a gig, and, dude!
1: I can't wait, man.
0: Yeah, it's coming, it's coming. You know, it, definitely, it, it's going to happen sooner or later. So, but uh, is there anything that I am leaving out, Mister Intel?
1: Fuck. No, I mean I'm sure the second we got off this I'm like, fuck! I forgot to plug this. But, <laughs> man, man, you've touched it all. Always
0: <laughs> uh, happens, dude. You know, just assume. Yeah. As soon as I hit stop, oh, wait, you know, there was one. Yeah, more. yeah. I'm like calling you
1: be like, dude, wait, like, can you add this to the outro? Like, nah, man. The other thing I'll add is, uh, you know, if you're listening to this right now, uh, please go stream my new EP out on Deep State Record, out on Deep State Recordings. Um, You know, three tracks that are very personal to me, and I'm very excited to have them out on the outlet they are. I'm very thankful to Grum and Guy and everybody along the way that's kind of helped push me to hear. So, uh, yeah, if if you're watching this or listening, go check out my EP.
0: They're really good songs, too, man. I mean, they. Thank you. Thank you. They really are. Like I say, I'm. I'm not saying those 17 songs last year suck, but these songs are indeed truly much better. I mean, thank you, man. I mean, they just are. So, anyway, Anthony Bergameska, my friend, always a pleasure to talk to you, yeah. bro.
1: Yeah, brother. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate
0: it. All right, man.
1: See ya. Yeah, bye.
0: this week's episode of Eric's EDM World. I want to thank my special guest, Anthony Bergamesca, aka Intel, for joining me today on the show. And all three of his songs from the Deep State EP were heard today. The very first song on the show was Tunnels. The song leading up to our conversation was Parallels. And this song you're listening to in the background is the first song off of the Deep State EP called Eyes. Intel's Deep State EP is available for streaming on all of your favorite platforms, as well as for purchase at Beatport.com. You can follow Intel at at Intel Music on all major social media platforms or at IntelMusic.net. You can follow me, Eric Lake, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Eric Lake, at Transfarm, or at EricCDMWorld. Once again, thanks for joining me. And I'll see y'all on the flip side. Later.